2: All right everyone, how you doing? Welcome to Talk Buffalo Podcast, casual Friday. I'm with Del Reed as always, except this time, instead of being thirteen hundred miles away, I'm actually I'm in Dell's home right now. Well, so to speak, I'm in Dell's office here. I'm at 26 Shirts in North Buffalo, Main Street. Is this
1: North Buffalo technically? Yeah, I think so. We're on the we're on the border of North Buffalo on the east side on Main and Jewett.
2: Well, this, I'll tell you what, man, this is my first time ever in this office. This is really impressive. It's it's looking good, man. It's it's modern looking. It's sleek. <laughs> I got a sneak peek at, uh, well, what's going to be the showroom. The mm-hmm. gear is going to be available. And I also got a sneak peek at a couple of future shirts, a little yes, exclusive there. No yes, secrets. No secrets will be spoiled here, but... Some good stuff coming up, man. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, man. When you, when you told me about this place, I had seen a couple pictures. So I knew that when I was walking in, it was going to be, uh, you know, attractive and, and nice to look at. But I didn't realize just how big this building is because I had never been in there before. I mean, there's a ton of big... We were talking about this for a minute. You told me I was looking to get a parking spot. There's a lot of businesses.
1: There's a lot of stuff going on around here right now. Yeah, TriMain Center is... Well, first of all, welcome. I'm glad I got to show you the digs and everything. Yeah, we am super nice. proud of it. And, you know, it's just one of those you know right place right time or whatever you want to call it uh operations that we were able to pull off here because uh we were able to slide into a suite that was used by a marketing firm who put all the work into it before us so um we are able to take advantage of some of that but but yeah TriMane center is an awesome building it's an awesome facility really uh strong grouping of you know different eclectic businesses like the whole gamut whether it's you know uh office equipment or you know you know art studios and everything in between it is a really cool place to to hunker down and do business
2: yeah and outside business yes and this also feels like a nice comfy vibe like this is very we've used this word well casual friday the name of this podcast too that we're doing It's just really casual it's just a like comfy vibe man i feel really comfy being in there everybody's Quietly going about their business. This is a. It's because you're here. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you, man. So obviously, I I grew up not far from here. I grew up on the west side and spent a lot of years living in North Buffalo. And this neighborhood itself brings back a a lot of memories from me. Just, I I believe it's like down the road, just a couple minutes. It's been in high school where uh, all high stadium is. And when I went to, in fact, I think it still might be that way for for city schools. You know, like in the suburbs, every high school has their own field. Well, growing up in the Buffalo public school system, there was all high stadium. So we all played at all high stadium. Actually, there were two stadiums. There was one at Bennett, which again, just minutes from here, and Riverside High School. They had a football field, but those were the only two schools of all the city schools that had a football field. So all of our games were, so I've I've been around this area many times. And of course, just up the road, Canisius College, a lot of attempted college hookups. And during, back in the day that m- most of them probably didn't go the way I hold, but uh, <laughs> it's usually the way it works. <laughs> anyway, it, it is good back to be back in Buffalo. Um, I, I, I say it all the time. You, I know you're not obsessed with the office like I am, but you do like the show, correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's well, one of my favorites. Well, every time I come back, I'm reminded of that Andy Bernard quote near the end in the finale when he says, uh, I want to make sure I get it right. You know, I wish we didn't. What? Hold on. What was the quote? I, I think I know wanna, the quote. If you, I don't want I don't want to wanna, it. Don't mess it up. Something about the good old days. You, you before you left them. You yeah. wish. I wish I knew I was in the good old days before I left them. Before yeah. I actually left them. That's kind of how I feel when I come back. Or just pff, memories just flood back. And uh, anyway, it, it, it's good to be back, man. And again, we're here at twenty six shirts. Let's talk about this week's shirt. That's one of the things we do every Friday. Is talk about the latest one. This is volume eight shirt 24 it's a green shirt red mafia flag on it a little golf flag uh shape of new york state golf themed i'm in man i love golf i feel like it's like you're sure like you were to the masters
1: <laughs> yeah right yeah we definitely hit a note with this one we've gotten a lot of positive feedback yeah on it yeah
2: i could see why well let me read uh the description because again as always we tell a little bit about the story behind you know what? before i do that talk for a minute about what's going on with you? Cause you have a partnership with train wreck sports and you guys are doing videos, telling stories about some of them. And one of them, I think it was Gretchen. One of, one of the ones we just did recently, there was a video that it they was gave, Sophie, Sophie. That's yeah. right. Sophie. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with 26 shows with those videos, because I, I watched one yesterday and, and it was really cool, man.
1: Yeah. That was the first one that train wreck uh, has produced for us. And we're looking forward to that being the first of many. Um, I mean, dan giganti and i my business partner we've been going back and forth with you know the boys at train wreck for well over a year you know COVID obviously threw some uh kind of drew out that uh that process but uh we've been going back and forth with them for a long time about like hey we should work together you know because i you know just being real like i <laughs> I, I say this to to zach or whomever uh from train wreck whenever every chance i get like i'm so impressed on how they operate what they do if there's something going on if there's somebody arriving at the airport they're ambitious if they, if they're all over the place they're man very I mean, ambitious yeah absolutely and yeah you know there's an event going on which we haven't had much of in the past year but like a convention whatever it is like train wreck is there and i'm just i have a lot of admiration for just their grind you know and what they've done and i you know i compliment them every time i see them well they reached out like i said at this point maybe it was almost two years ago now um about like hey we should you know, get together, like on some kind of like official or unofficial or whatever capacity. Um, and let's, let's work together. Let's like really like partner up. And, and we were finally able to get it all together because we're, you know, we're all busy and just life has been weird the past year, like I said, um, but we are able to finally all sync it up. And, you know, we're excited to, to share some of their content with our audience and uh, they're, generating content based on what we're doing as well, too. And, you know, uh, it's just a great partnership. And like I said, I have a lot of admiration for what they do. So it's really cool to be able to work with them.
2: Yeah. Like I said, they're very ambitious. They grind. They're they're all over the place. And, and I say that in the most complimentary way mm-hmm. imaginable. I think they have the worst Buffalo bracket in the history of the world. And I've, <laughs> I've let them know. I've let them know that several times. I can't. I, I, <laughs> Some of the selections that were on there, but anyway, it's my point is it's something cool, and to their credit, I mean they've gotten a lot of traction from it. A lot of people have been voting, and it's uh, it's fun. It's all in good fun. No harm, no foul with any of that. But anyway, the video stuff, I, I that really caught my attention yesterday because like we've discussed this every week. In fact, on on this podcast, I think it's important to tell a little bit about the stories behind the people that everybody is helping to support when they buy the shirt. The shirt itself. They look great and they're, you know, they're awesome to wear. They're sporty, they're comfortable, but there's a story behind
1: these as well. And, and that's something we've really, wa- I've really wanted to do for years is I want to push the beneficiaries to the forefront as much as possible, um, especially with videos. Cause you know, people engage with that so easily and it, it, it makes, it hits so much harder if you can hear the parents talking, if you can hear the beneficiary talking um, as opposed to just reading text on a screen. Sure. Um, But we didn't, we didn't have the bandwidth or whatever, or, you know, you know, expertise, whatever it is to, to do these in a quick fashion, do them well. And so I'm so excited because this is something I've always wanted to do with our brand. um, Just to really, like I said, really put our money where our mouth is. And like we exist to help and we want to make sure people understand when they buy that shirt, who they're helping.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And again, this shirt this week, a family unlike any other, is the title of the campaign. And it's for Bentley. And I'll read the description, as always, um, from the 26shirts.com website. It says this week, Bentley is a seven-year-old boy from Rochester, New York, and he is one of the biggest Bill's fans. Bentley was first diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, which is a blood cancer, at just five years old on August sixteenth, 2019, Bentley was admitted to the Golisano Children's Hospital where he underwent six rounds of inpatient chemotherapy. With each round of chemo, Bentley was admitted for 30 more days at a time. Wow. Wow, man. He immediately stole the hearts of his care team with his big heart and huge personality. Bentley was finally declared cancer-free and was off treatment, but unfortunately, he began to have some leg pain following the appearance of lumps on his neck. Further testing revealed a return of his cancer. Bentley was immediately admitted on September 6, 2020, to start the process of receiving a bone marrow transplant. While his care team looked for a match, he was admitted for two more rounds of inpatient chemotherapy. After finally finding a match, he was admitted to the Wilmont Cancer Center, where he held, or I'm sorry, where he had his transplant on December 15, 2020. He's now home and recovering, but the fight is far from over. That is a lot of stuff to talk about for 27 <laughs> years old. I mean, I've been sitting here with you the last couple Fridays on this show complaining that my arm was sore from getting a COVID shot. Yep. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I say that semi-serious because people are asking how, you know, what are your yeah. side effects? But I also say that jokingly, but in all seriousness, I mean, the things that we go through, to to read that about a seven year old, it just it blows my mind. How strong is and the courageous this kid has yeah. got to be? You know what I'm
1: saying, Dell? Yeah, and I'm I'm a couple weeks ago I'm complaining about a pinched nerve in my shoulder. Yeah, you know, and don't, <laughs> make no mistake, that sucked. <laughs> but, right? I mean, it was. It's not even in the same galaxy as like not even in whatever is bigger than a galaxy. It's not even the same that uh, as something like this. It's just awful.
2: It is. It is. But again, the kid, seven year old kid from Rochester, he's got a lot of courage and. Everyone out there listening, do your part. Support him, like we talked about. Not just the monetary support, but also the, the love and the support that the family and and friends of them feel just by getting these shirts. It, it goes a long way. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes, as well as uh, a link to just twenty six shirts. Again, you can go. And which, by the way, this is off topic. So it's sort of not really off topic, but like the storefront that we got going on right now that you're working on in here that I saw, which is really cool by the way. And you're gonna have a couple of exclusive things in here as well. When is that going to be like up and running? Uh, we're
1: hoping mid May, mid May. We're hoping to, Yeah. We're waiting on a, a couple other um, products to arrive. Cause we want to have the full, like you said, the exclusive products. We want to have the that full, you know, um, inventory in place before we actually start like inviting people in and stuff. And, you know, there's a couple more tweaks we want to do to the appearance as well to um we'll see if we're able to get those done we want like i mentioned when we were talking beforehand like a mural on the back of the the the, the wall and everything that would be really cool so we'll see how we're able to squeeze that in but soon really soon we're and i'm, I'm so excited about it this is a goal to do this before it back in early 2020 late 2019 and then you know obviously everybody's plans got wrecked last year so it's right. nice to finally be able to do this uh let's talk buffalo bills for a few minutes
2: nothing going By the way, for the first time last week, nothing did happen after we'd saved, which was a first. I think at this point, it's pretty safe to assume that we're just locked in on the draft at this point. And uh, in terms of the roster, I I think for the most part, I mean, they might get one or two guys who could contribute this year as rookies from the draft. I mean, we got some of that last year, Gabriel Davis, especially a fourth rounder. That was a nice, pleasant surprise. But I feel like at this point, that's pretty much going to be this roster for this year is whatever they had. uh, through the draft, like always, like we see every week, we're not really here to to break down positions too much or talk too much about prospects, so to speak. We leave that to the Joes and the and the Bruces and the Gregs of because yeah. uh, they're the good book. at it. <laughs> yeah, they're great at it. Why would you Why would you not want to listen to them for that? Um, but like, where are you like right now with if you could if, if you were to GM right now? And, and let's not name a player, but like what position do you look at at this team that you say, man, I'd really like to get a rookie or I'd like to get a high draft pick at this position right now? And it doesn't necessarily have to even be a guy that's going to come in and be a starter, a stud from day one. But like, where do you look at this roster and say, man, I'd really like to
1: to add something here? Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about Travis Etienne a few weeks ago, so I'll I'll, I'll skip over that. So let's assume that he's not in the equation. I mean, either a corner or a tight end, I, I think would, would be something that could really help immediately, you know, in their, uh, that person would be able to help in their rookie year to get the bills over that AFC championship hump and, you know, into the, the big game.
2: Yeah. I, well, you know, defensive end is a position too, that I think a lot of people are keen on and I, yeah, it's completely, it's easy to understand why, because you have Jerry Hughes is 33 years old and in the final year of his contract. You have Mario Addison, who's going to be 34 years old this season. So those guys are not going to be here for long. You know, um, AJ Epinesa is young, and then they really don't have much after that right now, Daryl Johnson. So it makes sense to take a rookie in the first round. But this team being where it's at right now, which is clearly in win now mode. Yes, a lot of people you don't automatically assume that they're going to take a defensive end in the first or even second round because yeah, that guy that guy is going to be a big part of the future. But it's also about the present. So if you can get a cornerback in round one who can come in and start right away and be an upgrade over Levi Wallace, or and yes, we have talked about him, but if Travis Etienne is there at thirty, and maybe a couple guys you did have your eyes on end up getting taken before that, or maybe. Najee Harris, for whatever reason, slips, or, or there's a running back, Javante Williams, from North Carolina. My point being, regardless of who the player is, if it's a running back who can come in right now as a rookie and be instantly better than Moss or Singletary, I still think you look to that instead of defensive end. Because again, here's a theory. Yeah, they're going to need defensive end help, especially after this year. Well, worry about that next year. Make defensive end a priority next year. Go out and sign somebody in free agency or make a trade or use a first-round pick next year on a defensive end. I don't like kind of being pitching old because you look at a guy's, um, you know, again, Hughes, and, and I like Hughes. Addison, I'm not very high on, but those are guys who, they're, they're going to be here this year. They're definitely going to be here this year. So if you take a guy, or a defensive end at 30, AJ FNS is the third end probably, you're probably looking at a guy who's going to start as the fourth defensive end. So I'm not sure that that's – the great value that everyone thinks
1: is gonna be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You know where I stand. Like the offense is the strength of this team. I would love for them to invest in the offense even more. I mean, I retweeted a tweet. It was either yesterday or this this morning or whatever it was. Um, just in terms of how the Bills like significantly, significantly passed on first down like more than any other team like this this offense is so good it's the best offense the bills have seen you know most bills fans have seen in their lives you know um so i am all about like just investing in that even further um and as you mentioned you know defensive end is something i think it's more of a long term thing i mean by long term i mean after 2021 right Right. (laughs) you know I, i mean if i had it my way I wouldn't care if they even like were trading up in every round, and they only left <laughs> this draft with like five dudes. If they were all guys that could contribute immediately, I mean, my sights as a fan are focused solely on January and February of twenty twenty two. That that's it. I don't it, it, even if they we we've seen all these one year deals that you know they and other teams have have They're signed all one year to. deals. Yeah.
2: The, the, I think the Bills signed 12 free agents and I'm pretty confident that all 12 of them were one year deals right now.
1: Dude, if the Bills were able to to win the Super Bowl this year, I'd take 7 and 9 for the next 3 years <laughs> in a sure. heartbeat. I mean, I wouldn't deliberately like choose that, but I mean, if that's what the, the trade-off is then then that's what it is, man. I want that I want a Lombardi and whatever <laughs> they have to do to get it this year. This is the year they I, I want it.
2: Yeah, and look, I'm not anti-defensive end. If there's a guy that, Brandon, first of all, we've talked about this several times. It's about trust. I trust them. Mm-hmm. If there's a defensive end that they really like, even if they move up for him in the first round, I'm okay with that. Even if, he, again, he doesn't necessarily have to come in and be a day one starter. But And by the way, shame on me because you brought up a point and it got me thinking, and you're 100% right when I say offense. Shame on me for not saying guard. There's a couple of really good guards that are going to be running that mix right around 30 where the Bills are scheduled to pick because the offensive line's important. Mm. And I don't think John Feliciano is. Don't write him down in pen. I, I think I've said that before uh, on this show. I like it's not that I don't like him, but you you might be able to do better than him. And he would be a very versatile sixth guy and you know guys always go down so with play center or either guard position, I'd be pretty cool with John Feliciano being that first guy off the bench as it, insurance. You get a good rookie guard, that's a position just like running back and just like corner where you could draft a guard early and he'll start
1: right away. Yeah. At the end of the day, and I've I've said this before, I say it and I think in every podcast or whatever, I I I, I do uh it, like we're seeing everything from an outsider's perspective and we have such a limited sampling like Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, you know, all, you know, Dan Morgan, all the guys who are in charge of deciding what the roster is going to be. They have such a wealth of information compared to what we have in terms of what these guys are able to do and what their confidence level is in terms of those abilities. So you have to, you have to trust them. Otherwise, like, I mean, obviously there's, there's a, a place for you know our perspective. People want to hear it. And when I say our, I don't mean mine specifically, but you know, outside experts' perspective. But at the end of the day, you have to trust the the, the people that are making the decisions because they have so much more information than we do. They they I mean they know things that are uh, about the players that are maybe like personal information because they know this player's plan is to only play, you know, for this season. Even though they signed him to a three year deal, they know that this player is going to retire or, or whatever. I mean, that's, I'm just. You know, I know what you're saying, yeah. But, but like, um, at the end of the day, I, I, I trust this. I mean, they've this leadership that's in place now has taken the team farther than anyone has in a very long time. So I'm down with whatever they do. And an offensive line pick at the end of the first round is boring and it's not very fun. But if it's what they think the team needs to get over that hump, then they can draft all offensive line for all I care, whatever, whatever they need to do.
2: Let's not lose sight of the fact that the biggest accomplishment the Bills have done this offseason isn't the 12 free agents that they signed. It's the three free agents. Well, let's say two free agents because I just told you that I'm not sold on Feliciano, so I'm not going to include him in that. It's the two free agents that they did re-sign, and that, of course, is Darrell Williams and Matt Milano. I think those are the two biggest moves they've made. But and briefly here, let's play a little bit of devil's advocate because – The criticism that I've heard is the Bills were good last year. Very good, obviously. They got all the way to AFC Championship and won 13 games last year. They went out and they kept their own. That was their, they wanted to keep their core intact. And they lost John Brown, replaced him with Emmanuel Sanders. Arguably an upgrade, arguably an upgrade. And for the most part, besides that, these other free agents have been we lost one, signed one, lost one, signed one. Kind of like a lot of depth guys, you know what I mean? But if you're playing devil's advocate here, the, the the thought is, all right, well, you're the second best team in the AFC, but the team that's the best team in the AFC handled you pretty easily twice. And why are you not being more aggressive to go out and get those one or two guys that could really put you over the hump, whether it be a trading for a stud defensive end or um, you know, maybe a really good tight end, which Zach Ertz was rumored to be, you know, somebody that they were interested in but uh my timeline still seems like that's a possibility <laughs> it do- Oh, absolutely it's definitely still a possibility you know what I'm saying though the, the devil's advocate in me and, and probably and some other people are being like are the, is this a team that's looking like this to just settle to be good for a while or they do they are they willing to do aggressive things because do you feel I should say let me ask you this as a question do you think that it's going to take a more aggressive approach to go get one or two, Guys are going to put you over the top, or are you in the mindset, which would be very fair to say that this team is not as far behind Kansas City right now as some people think, and the key to this team getting over that hump past them would be some of these younger guys simply getting better, like Ed Oliver and Tremaine Edmonds. These guys got a lot. The guys that do have a lot of room to grow. Deion Dawkins is a good tackle, but he's got a lot of room for improvement. I've, I like Gabe Davis a lot as a rookie last year. He can get a lot better, though. You know what I mean? Um, even Milano, staying healthy and stuff like that. So do you feel like the core is in place right now and it's just a matter of these guys got to step up who need to step up and continue that upward trend of, Dude, of improving?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean... <laughs> They, they were within one game of the Super Bowl. And yeah, that Chiefs game was a rough game. And they were leading they were, at the
2: end of the first quarter. As, I mean, they didn't play well after that, but they were up 9 nothing.
1: And so, I mean, they're, they're, everything you just mentioned, like a lot of that fruit that's on the roster, was isn't, maybe isn't even fully ripe yet. And so, I mean, shoot, even like with the the coaching staff, hopefully there's some experience that was gained there from decisions that were made during that game. Like there's room for everybody to improve on an experiential level. Um, This is a young team that uh, you could say, you know, we won't know until years have gone past, but maybe they've not even hit their stride yet. And so there's so much they've learned. They've been in that position. They know it sucks to go home one game short. You know, there's all kinds of lessons that are learned. Uh, from losing so i mean yeah i mean they did upgrade uh, based on every pundit that i've listened to over the past several months they did upgrade at the wide receiver position with with Emmanuel Sanders um, and uh, you know the roster's not even fully set yet there's always some rookie that you you know you never knew was going to like be what they are i mean for crying out loud like every year you see some sixth round running back who is like when was Alvin Kamara drafted
2: I think he was a second rounder.
1: Oh, wait a second? Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. What I'm talking but there's about.
2: a lot of yeah, There's a lot of guys. The the running back from um, Jacksonville, I mean, he wasn't even drafted. The Robinson last year ran yeah. for all those
1: yards. So I mean, there's always like crazy, you know, wild cards that that happen with the roster and the team is growing. They're they're in the staff is growing. You know, in terms of experience and everything. So, dude, I, I'm super confident. Yeah, I, w- I would have loved it. I mean, for crying out loud, if, if the AFC Championship, if the NFL had announced following that game, actually, you know what? We're changing the format to get in the Super Bowl. It's the best of three. And they had two more cracks at the Chiefs. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe they, they do it, but they do it. They find a better scheme to cover Kelsey in that game. Uh, they're a little bit more aggressive in the decision making um, in terms of just the coaching in general. I, I mean,. they're not they're not far off my favorite thing about this roster as it stands
2: right now when they go into the draft is let's say they're they want to get a specific player at a at a certain position and, and they strike out and they don't get that guy what I like about this roster right now at a couple of the positions we've discussed whether it's Levi Wallace at corner or John Feliciano at guard or Dawson Knox or Jacob Hollister the new tight end they signed which by the way no one even talks about him this guy's got some talent um that's the floor like that's the low you know that's not the ceiling that's the floor and if those that's a good floor to have now those guys are never going to be superstars I mean maybe Dawson Knox can grow into something more but Feliciano and Levi Wallace they are what they are they're never going to be superstars but you do a lot worse than them right now so if you can improve on those positions That's great. But even worst case, and again, that's all
0: about the roster roster building. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: because the, the, there's a lot of guys on this team that have good floors. You know what yeah. I
1: mean? Yeah, absolutely. I there's I'm excited. Uh, I, anybody who who is looking at this team right now and you know with the front the decisions that the front office has made over the past couple months and they're not happy. And there there's some of those folks out there like come on. Come on. Like <laughs> let, in, you stop enjoy where we are right now. Even the pessimistic bills fans out there the ones
2: who are always waiting for the the rug to drop i think that even they have reason right now to be uh, optimistic about this team there's not a lot to not like about them
1: yeah right I, I, i'm so ready for the season
0: <laughs> the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
2: Speaking of improvement, let's just spend a minute or two here talking savers before we wrap up with our segments Because as somebody who is, I mean, God, I have rained down hatred on this organization (laughs) so hard this year because I've never been more mad at them in my, and we've talked about this, I've never ever in the history of this organization have I ever been more mad at them than I was a month or two ago. But man, I mean, you don't got to be a diehard. You don't got to watch all the games, read Twitter, read the newspaper, watch some highlights. You could just see that this under Don Granado is a, Different team, and this guy is. And we talked, I think we talked a little bit about this last week because I was hesitant. And I remember I brought up Ron Rolston as an example of what made me nervous because Lindy Ruff got fired, Ron Rolston took over eight, nine years ago, whatever that was. They had an initial spark, things looked promising, and Bagula made him permanent coach, and they went right into the crapper. They won like four out of 20 games the next season, and he got canned. Bam, gone. I am am i don't want to relive that when it comes to Don Granado. My my point is this I'm almost at a point. He's doing such a good job with these young guys. These young guys are looking. I mean, I can't even explain it in words right now. The, the night and day difference between them now and between the first, say, 15, 20 games with Ralph Kruger as head coach. I can't remember the last time I've seen something like this. I never. Understood how much a coach, like, if, you know, we do our today's years old every week. I should have just said that I was today's years old when I understood how important a, a good coach could be, man. And this guy's got no head coaching experience in the NHL either, by the way. I don't know, man. What, what, what do you think of this team right now? And by the way, Jack Eichel, a lot of people were complaining about him, that he was kind of mailing it in and this and that. And he wants out. Well, guess what, man? He's been playing with a, a messed up neck. Mm-hmm. pretty much this entire season. And he's your franchise player, and he's far and away your best player, one of the most talented in the history of this franchise. So first of all, let's just drop that old Jack Eichel. is a bad teammate and doesn't care crap. He wants to, he wants to compete. He's hurt. Um, But anyway, your, your thoughts right now on what you're seeing and hearing about when it
1: comes to this team, because like I said, they're starting to turn it around, man. Yeah, it's funny. It's interesting that I think Eichel hasn't played since March 7th or something, and they've still had a pretty good, performance you know since you know with granado and everything um like i like i like i say every week just a full disclaimer like i'm not i don't understand hockey i just enjoy watching it <laughs> when, yeah, when, yeah, I, when yeah, they're good like, about you know that, but yep. like uh it, no it's 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 refreshing and, and hockey's a weird sport man like it seems like and i know that coaches have different schemes and they have different things but it seems so often like players like a team just needs a fresh face and, and head coach and because so often a player uh, a coach will take over for a hockey team midseason and everything changes and I, I'm not just saying that because that's what that's what's going on right now but like I've seen that so many times where you know a coach takes over for another coach halfway through a season and just the team is completely different so I don't know if it's like what they said with Lindy rough when he got fired that like players were just tired of his voice or, or, or what but um And I I love what, you know, what Granado is doing in terms of like switching up different combinations and everything. I know he did that the other night in in overtime. Um, Just that, I think Paul Hamilton was talking about it yesterday, just that luxury that, you know, um, a team has when they're out of the playoffs. You can try different things and, you know, maybe he's learning stuff for himself if he's the coach next season or he's at least putting having the players put things on tape. So um, with that trade, too, that they made this week. I think
2: to what you talk about often here with with the football and the football side of things where we only see them on Sundays, you don't know a lot of the inner workings and things that are going on. When the Taylor Hall trade was announced, there were a lot of pissed off Sabre fans. And frankly, I was probably one of them at the time. Not as pissed off as a lot of other people, though, because everyone thought he was going to fetch a first round pick. Not only did he not fetch a first round pick, they only got a second round for him and they gave up Curtis Lazar. And then Boston gave Anders uh Bjork, which he cost significantly more money than Lazar, and he's also signed for an extra year. So that trade was berated by a lot of saber bloggers and podcasters and, and fans and myself. But we've learned since that Taylor Hall, he had pretty much a no trade, not pretty much, he did have a no trade clause, and he wanted to go to Boston. Yeah. So Kevin Adams was really hamstrung. You know, he had to do he had to make a deal with Boston work. He didn't have the luxury of there were teams allegedly like Vegas. I think it was one of them that was made a better offer, but he was forced to deal with what he had. I'm just bringing that up because I think of your point where you talk about where sometimes you see things under the surface, you know, we don't see it. But anyway, my point is, this is, this is a, I don't want to go as far to say that it's an exciting brand of hockey that the Sabres are playing right now, but it's certainly watchable. And I would say, Maybe promising is the right word. It's not like we're excited. We just said it, man, ourselves. We're really excited about what the Sabres or the Bill season is going to bring this shit. Uh-huh. The Sabres, I think they're talking me to a point where I'm good with Granado if he stays. And I feel like I'm seeing enough from these young guys to, to consider this roster promising. Uh, you know, that, that's about the best you could do, though. All right. So let's finish up with our weekly segments. Um, we'll, we'll save the poll for I'm mad about the poll, by the way, last week. <laughs> I'm not happy. I'm pissed off at about, I don't know, roughly 61% of Twitter. Right, right
1: now. Yeah. Where did we land on that? Where, 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 what was the final
2: percentages? You said, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but right. you thoroughly beat me. Let's just put it that way. I, <laughs> I think we're tied now, isn't it? Two we are tied. We're tied two two. And, uh, I expected this one to be a nail biter and it was not. But let's do today's
1: years old. Do you got one this week? Do you know when you look at your dashboard and there's that little uh gas pump icon on your dashboard or in your in your dials, or your speedometer and everything, whatever side the handle is on that pump is where your gas gas tank is. Really? Yeah, you can edit that. I paused way too long. No, yeah, <laughs> whatever side of the handle on the gas pump on your dashboard is—that's where gas tank is. Really? Yeah. So that was old. I was a couple days ago, years old.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm about thirty seconds or thirty seconds old. When so I, that's a pro tip. Now it, you know, it is a pro for tip for all the listeners. <laughs> Mine's sports related—I learned this yesterday. So I was yesterday's years old when I remembered uh, because that the Buffalo Sabres played their final game at the odd 25 years ago this week. And the reason why that jolted a memory in me is because I was actually, not only was I at that game, I actually covered that game with the media in the press box. It was the last game in the history of the odd, the last Sabres game ever history of the odd. And it had this old, press box where when you stood on it, it rocked a little bit, and it hung above the orange seats and the rafters, and it was legit scary, and I remember Paul Hamilton, who was a young Paul Hamilton, because as I said, we're going back 25 years ago, but they beat the Hartford Whalers, and I remember after the game, that's when a bunch of former Sabre legends came out, and they took their final lap around, and would score in, in the net, and then Pat LaFontaine did it, and he stopped right before he put it in, and the spotlight shined on him, and he waved to the crowd, and and then tapped it in, but yeah, it was 25 years ago this week, and I did not know that until Jeremy White just pointed that out. I think on maybe on Wednesday on Twitter. Who are you covering the Sabers for? A, a local magazine, yeah. a local publication. I don't remember if it was like the Tanoando, it was maybe Tanoando or Kenmore or something. I don't remember. But but here here's another, and this is a bonus fun fact. So that was the last Sabers game ever at the odd before it closed, but it wasn't the actual last event ever at the odd. The last event ever at the Odd, which I also was there and covered, was a WCW wrestling show, (laughs) house show on a Sunday. I remember Ric Flair being there. Jim Kelly was there. Jim Kelly beat up somebody. I don't remember who it was. (laughs) Maybe it was Ric Flair for all I know. I don't remember. But Jim Kelly was definitely there. A lot of the Bills players were there. That was the last actual event ever at the Odd, which I believe was maybe 1990, well, 95 or 96, because in the next year the current arena open but yeah wrestling was the last event there ever
1: so did the sabers ever wear the black jerseys in the odd
2: no okay. those, those, i
1: remember they announced it i remember they announced yeah, they the new announced logo it. and everything in the odds. i went to that that was like in the middle of the day
2: yeah the, yeah 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 i remember that now too now that you say that no the jersey announcement was for the new arena and they started wearing them i believe these warm that very first season at the new arena, which again, I'm pretty sure was in 1996, which I was at that game. It was the first game ever at the new arena. They lost to Detroit. Detroit smacked them. It was like eight to one There's something like that. The Sabres got crushed their first game ever. Crossroads arena. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Remember that? I don't even know how many goddamn knees that thing is had. But yeah, anyway, a little bit of a fun fact history there. All right. So yeah, let's get back to this poll now. So last week, our starting five, every week, Dell and I draft, a starting five we do a snake draft and this was our fourth one and afterwards after we discuss it for a little bit and then i put a poll on twitter over the weekend and fans vote on who they think drafted the better team and again last week was movie tracks or soundtracks i drafted purple rain footloose rocky four bodyguard dirty dancing which i stand by all those by the way dell drafted guardians of the galaxy both one and two forrest gump which that was a good one man singles which i thought was gonna hurt you and it did not obviously and mamma mia which i thought was a good one too it showed some versatility it's not that i don't think you drafted a great team it's just i thought i was gonna win man i had some popular ones anthologies and- man <laughs> <laughs> you're right so anyway the results dell ended up getting 61 percent of the vote and i got 39 percent of the vote so you, you won that pretty handily and um i'm not happy about that no I'll no, tell no. You i, I th- won our first poll
1: handily what was that like 96% oh, that, yeah, that was, or 94? Yeah, that'll
2: ne- that'll never happen again. You had 94% <laughs> and I had 6. What was what did we what was that? I can't remember the category. I'm drawing a blank right now, but I yeah, just remember I You crossed me. Away. It was 94 to 6. That was that was one of the most disgraceful uh, moments of my life when that poll result became final. I don't even remember what it was anymore. I'd have to go back and look. It's going to drive me crazy. Before the end of this interview, I'll remember what it was, but it was disgraceful. Anyway, some Talking Buffalo fanboy is screaming at his
1: his <laughs> iPhone right now. Well,
2: hold on. So we did. Was it TV shows? So we. I got you on comedians, mm-hmm. and you got me on this. We did eighties eighties movies is what you crushed me on. That's the category. I told you. I remember that. Yeah, you crushed.
1: me Yeah, you had some. I mean, you had odd ones. <laughs> can't buy me love on there. Like I appreciate it. But that, that was that's well, not. Gonna... I stay
2: true to myself though. Yeah, I think the, and, I the respect. ones that I liked, I respect but yeah, that. they did not play well. You did all. not play well to the crowd. That <laughs> unpopular opinion. I had a lot of those. So yeah, you crushed me on uh <laughs> on the movies. We're gonna do something different. So we've done pop culture for the first four today, and we'll see who takes the lead here. We're gonna do our favorite because I am back in Buffalo and I plan on going to get plenty of food over the next four or five days. wings and pizza. So I've done, I've talked wings to death. Everyone's already seen my power rankings for those. So I don't really need to talk about those today, but let's do pizza piece of joints here in Buffalo. And our format has always been, we've been flipping going back and forth and it's my turn to go first this time. So I'll do one and then you do the next two. You good? You ready? All right. My first round pick, I'm going to go... Ashley Rowe from Channel Seven is going to love me for this, and who, by the way, is the only other person that I personally know of who loves this place as well. Mister Pizza on Elmwood Avenue. It's on Elmwood and Bird. I grew up around it. It was on, um, <laughs> it was on Grant Street up near the village um, when I was a kid. Or I'm sorry, yeah. And it, now it's on Elmwood and Bird. It's West Side staple. It's my favorite place. It's the only place that I will go to in Western New York. Now, I enjoy a ton of these places that we're gonna name, but this is the only place that I will go to specifically for pizza, and I don't need to have wings, I don't need to have a sub, I don't need anything else except the pizza. So, yeah, my first round pick's gonna be Mr. Pizza.
1: That was on my list, actually. Was it, was, it really? Fun fact, um, my in-laws, they're, my, you know, my family, my in-laws' family in Atlanta, had their own pizza joint called gala's pizza, which they've since now sold. But when they originally launched it, like in 99 or 2000, they actually brought one of the original founders of Mr. Pizza down to Atlanta and he was there for a year or maybe more and actually helped like launch that, that, what became a chain of Atlanta. Wow. Buffalo pizza joints in Atlanta. Was, wow. Yeah. So it, a little that, bit of Mr. Pizza trivia for you. There. <laughs> that's cool. So a quick disclaimer, uh, I have not tried every pizza joint in Western New York. I have tried a small fraction of pizza joints. If I'm being real, I've always been more of a neighborhood pizza pizzeria guy. Where am I now? You know, whatever. So uh, people are going to see this poll, and they're not even getting, so many are not even gonna hear me say this, but I'm gonna say it anyways for the record. Um, this is not, I'll put a clip on. So, you <laughs> yeah, this is, so people this is can from hear. my personal experience. There's somebody somewhere is gonna be yelling, like, well, you didn't mention such and such in Depew or like, I don't eat pizza in Depew or wherever, you know what I mean? Um, so, this is from my personal Rankings, and so, um, and I do have more than five here because I thought you might choose some, and that was already proven with you know it was on my list. So, uh, I'm going to go with two now for the snake draft. Right, uh, Amherst Pizza and Ale House, and I'm not just saying that because I, I know John well. I love their, their pizza's fantastic. Their pizza, uh, pizza fries. If you've never had those, have, have you had those before? I have. Oh man, game changers. Um, so Am- Amherst Pizza and Ale House, and also I really dig macy's pizza mm. i mean so much stuff i mean you you follow their instagram like yeah. he's he, there's one of these days there's going to be a literal kitchen sink on <laughs> a, 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 a pizza pie and that's gonna be one of the things that they put on there so inventive you know um i love the collab they did uh last year with lloyd when they did the dirty south pizza dirty south is you know, my favorite thing to get at Lloyd. Um, So that was great. Uh, But even their traditional pizza is, is something else, man. So those are the two I'm going to go with uh, Amherst pizza and Alehouse and Macy's pizza. That's funny because those are two of my favorite
2: places in Western New York for wings without question. They're both In my top 10 macy's is like number two and they're they're right behind 911 for me i got i power rig 67 wing places it's probably gonna be 69 or 70 in the next 48 hours or so (laughs) but as of right now they're number two on my list out of 67 macy's their wings are so good that it almost overshadows their pizza i've only had i've never had any other pizza with the exception of their regular cheese and pepperoni i do have followed them on instagram and i have seen some of their photos and some of the things that they come up with is just ridiculous I just seen a garbage plate there was a garbage plate pizza that yeah, they I just put it. up recently so yeah you, you ain't got to sell me on macy's and ditto for amherst alehouse by the way i did a show with marcel louis jacques at macy's which everything as much as I love Macy's the, at the, the, Macy's you did it at Macy's at, at Macy's and I've t- me I talked to Nick one the guy, one of the guys there all the time I'm like please I'm always, I'm leading the charge of dude get a bigger place got expanded it's <laughs> always easier said than done of course obviously you know yeah. what I mean but yeah that place is amazing and I love Amherst House too I've done shows I've done multiple shows I did a show with uh everybody's favorite Sabres reporter Mike Harrington, who everyone on Twitter loves and, and he's never blocked anyone on Twitter ever before but anyway my man Mike Harrington is uh uh, i I did a show there with him. I've had wings at, at Amherst L house multiple times. In fact, I got one of their t-shirts. In fact, my book bag that I just packed for this four or five day trip, one of my shirts that I have with me is actually an Amherst L oh, see. Um, t-shirt. So anyway, but I, I did have their pizza. It's good. And again, it's not the, it's because I think the wings that I enjoy so much that it overshadows the pizza. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, those are two good ones. So I'm gonna give it up for that. I'm gonna go, I'm going back to my old neighborhood here because I got the next two. I'm going to go with Lenovo. Not the and not the commercialized because they're all over the place now and they sell their pizza at the Sabre Games and that's kind of like a watered-down product, man. You go to the old school right on New Hampshire Street on the west side and that pizza still kicks ass. I grew up around it. I was a delivery boy like every kid on the west side when he was 15, 16 years old and first got their permit or their license or whatever. Everyone worked there at some point in high school. Anyway, I've always loved Lenovo Pizzeria, so I'm going to go with them and then I'm going to go to my wife's neighborhood where I've spent a lot of my adult life in the South Towns, Lackawanna, Bella Pizza. I don't know if you've ever had it, but it is really good. It's up there with Macy's in terms of the combination of everything. The pizza's great. And they also have really good wings and they also have really good subs it's kind of just like macy's so i like everything about bella so yeah i'm gonna so mr pizza's in the first lenova in the second and bella's gonna be my third so you'll be on the clock and now you got two
1: okay so um i'm gonna draft franco's pizza never had it really nope Dude, is really good. I've heard a lot of good it's things about really, it. I, it's really I, good. I have saw, saw rankings where they're ranked high. So. Yeah, no, they have terrific, and wings. They have good wings, too. Yeah. You know, most of these places that do pizza right, they know how to do wings as well, too, mm-hmm. right? So um, so Franco's, and then I'm going to go with uh, a shout out to the my old neighborhood where I used to deliver pizzas uh, on and off for probably five years, uh, De Palo's in Tonawanda on Brighton. Never had that either. Yeah. So, and I never had the Bella Pizza. So, we both have homework to do. (laughs) So, gonna go with Franco's and DePaulo's. Franco's and DePaulo's.
2: Okay, I do got to have Franco's. I mean, I've been told that I have to try it, and I haven't yet. All right, so I have two more, and then I'm done here. Um, I actually am making a decision here. I obviously had Macy's on my list, so I'm scrambling a little bit. I should, I should have known better there. Um. I'm going to go to Hurdle Avenue,
1: North Buffalo, Bob and John's. Oh. Love that place Stole that too. one. That was, yeah, for they're... me, that was DePaulo's or, <laughs> or or Bob and John's. And DePaulo's just won that tiebreaker because I worked there. And so, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, good choice. I, great choice. I could,
2: when I think of them, and I'm sure, again, because I haven't had the last two that you said before, all these places that we're talking about, I think the biggest factor for a great pizza is consistency. Like there's, a, I've been to a lot of places And especially being down in Florida now for the last handful of years where I'll get a decent pizza once and then you go back again and it tastes completely different. You know, it's like night and day different. These places, at least the ones that I can speak for that I have personally have had, when I think of Bob and John's, it's just always consistent. I know exactly what I'm going to get. And that's kind of, I know it sounds like it should be routine, but it's not always routine. Not man. at all. Not it at can all. be a lost art of making something consistent. You never know. You get something that's nice and firm. The next time it's all sloppy and greasy, you know? So anyway, that's Bob and John's. And and then I got my last one here. Ugh. You know, I, I, I got one or two that I want to name an honorable mention after if, if they don't get named, which they won't get named. Um, I'm going to go Casa de Pizza. I Another like, great choice. I, I like de Pizza a lot, and I, I got to give them a shout out because not just Buffalo, that is quite literally the only pizza and wings that I will eat in Florida. I was, where I live near Bradenton, Sarasota, I'm very lucky and very blessed. There's a de Pizza that's 15 minutes away, and I'm telling you, Dell, I'm not lying to you. At the pizza and the wings in, in Florida are, for the most part, garbage. They're trash. Like they're not even edible, especially the wings, the pizzas. In the- but Casa, I get hot barbecue wings there all the time. But their pizzas good, and it, it's again, I keep using that word consistency. That's a a nice consistency. Now they're downtown here in Buffalo now, correct? Because they were on Elmwood when I grew up, and I think they moved their lo- They did. They moved their location downtown. Um, yeah, it's been around for a long
1: time and I am a big fan of theirs. So I eat- will be my last pick. Yeah, I've eaten at that Casa de Pizza when I was in Sarasota a couple years ago and you know, we met up for that interview. Um that night before, uh my dude uh Michael Biondo, who's done some shirts for us, uh Buffalonian like yourself, mm-hmm. displaced in Sarasota, doing his thing. Um mm-hmm. we went to Casa de Pizza that 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 was just like home. That it was perfect. It was it was great. So I can totally speak to that, you know, yeah. that specific pizzeria in, in, in your area Yep. Uh, for me. So my last pick is going to be uh, John's pizza. Uh, I, I, another place I used to work, <laughs> I did a lot of pizza delivery back in the day. Um, and very, very consistent. I could, you know, having worked, there, I could tell you all the different regimens that we had to go through to make sure that it was always the same every single time. Um, I think they have a location on Grand Island as well too, maybe more than just Niagara Falls Boulevard and Grand Island. I don't know. But, um, and I can tell you is also, you know, you always wonder about like the, you know, the, where you're ordering from. They always say, oh, if you love your restaurant, never look at the kitchen, you know, right. Um, John's is not that way yeah, all, right. at all. In fact, to the point of like, <laughs> as an employee, it was frustrating because their, their levels for cleanliness were so high that, you know, as an employee, you're like, oh, come on, really? But as an, as a customer, you're like, that's great. I love it. So um, that'll be my last one is John's Pizza. So, All right, so to recap your five, what What are your five? I've got Amherst Pizza and House, Macy's Pizza, Franco's, DiPaolo's, oh, and
2: John's. And John's. That's a good one. Okay. And again, this is the first time we've done a category where you're right. Some people are not going to hear of some of the places that you've done. Just did it with mine, too. Like I said, Bella Pizza's. Well, I know there's going to be a lot of people, especially if they're not in the South. I'm like, what, what, what? But anyway, so my three or my five, I should say, Mr. Pizza, Lenovo, Bella Pizza, Bob and John's, and Casa de Pizza. I want to shout out a couple that I'm going to put on for honorable mention. I don't know if you have any or not, but I had, in case I needed them, Lovejoy Pizza on my list. They're good, again, these are neighborhood beaches at yeah. this point. Yeah, Carbone's, I've going. It's pretty great. Carbones is a is a good place to get pizza, and a place that was on the west side when I grew up, and now I think they're like in Williamsville, Saint. But they've been around for a long time. Santoras, I've I've always enjoyed their pizza. Well, I used to. I haven't had it in fifteen years, so. But they still get in my mind when I when I um, decided we we're gonna do pizza.
1: So. Yeah. Well, I, there's going to be people that are angry that, you know, Picasso's wasn't mentioned or bocce wasn't mentioned, but it is, I, it is I, what it is. I mean, there's I only five spots and there's like 1 million pizzerias in Western New York. I know
2: Picasso's is look. We're, I'm not going to sit here and make controversial pizza takes almost an hour into a podcast. I personally don't love Picasso's, but I respect Picasso's and they are very popular. They're, what do you call it? Cheese bread or something like that. I had their garlic bread. That was incredible. Didn't care all that much for the pizza, me personally, but very they're a very popular place. And the other one that you said, I have heard that that's one of the best pizzerias anywhere, but I I haven't had it, so I'd be lying. And it could go. I would. I'm not going to speak for other people, so
1: I'll just go for you know. I I gotta stay true to my list, like we talk about. So yeah, my five are my five, and my honorable mention. I mentioned those two just so that. People wouldn't get mad that those weren't even mentioned in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, my honorable mention is Mustachios on Elmwood in Kenmore. Never of so, Yeah, no, the, uh, they're they're pretty great. They're they're pretty consistent. True neighborhood pizzeria feel. Um, so I, you know, I'm a Mustachios fan as well too. Like w- w- living in uh, where I live, some of the ones I mentioned don't deliver there. So if I was ranking the top ones that were that deliver to my home in Kenmore. Mustachios is on the list well i'll pretty much guarantee
2: you one thing bro you're gonna do better than six percent that <laughs> i set that bar that record that's that's what <laughs> that record is never ever gonna get as broken. long as i get 51 i'm good <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right so that's gonna do it for this episode of casual friday make sure you follow dell on twitter at dell 716 more importantly and i'll put a link to this again in the show notes pick up the new shirt family unlike any other it's a really cool shirt, man, and it benefits Bentley, seven-year-old kid. And surely could use uh, the help and the support. Thank you very much for listening. Again, this was a lot of fun here at the 26 Shirts office. I'm going to let Dell have the last word, though. So anyway, before I do that, just again, thank you, and I'll be back with a brand new episode. Uh, I don't know why i have a new episode because I'm in Buffalo. I'm just taping these
1: when I tape them, brother. What do you got? <laughs> well, okay, so... Uh we're recording this in the 26 shirts office so our staff is around us so i have a text from one of my employees josh you know banksy underscore one on twitter and he hearkening back to our talk about uh the the arenas and everything with the sabers he says ask who scored the first goal in the new arena Ooh. and he says i remember i don't remember i remember they only scored one goal in that game though i
2: think well i want to know the answer now i'm not signing off till i know Brian Holzinger, Brian Holzinger, number 19, right?
1: There you go. A little, little fun fact to end this podcast yep. with. So, uh, yeah, it's a 26 shirts. You know, we have some football minds and we have some hockey minds. And obviously, it's Buffalo, so they blend together. But, like, Josh is, you know, one of the hockey minds. All right, so in the, in the future,
2: when this turns to Sabres, I'm just going to tell him to take the microphone away from you and he can start talking.
1: it would be a long podcast. I think he's, <laughs> he's got some takes.